Every haunted place has a story with a dark past. This is Ghost Encounters Podcast. Due to the graphic and violent things discussed on this episode, listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, all you spooky people, to the ninth episode of the second season of Ghost Encounters Podcast. I am paranormal investigator Justin Torok. I'm Kayla Bolash, and I'm ready to go. And I'm Jordan, the group scientist. I love this bubbly energy that you have. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm having a really good day today. It's good. Yay! Uh, speaking of good things, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we launched holiday merch. Holiday merch! It is... How'd you describe it? It's so freaking cute. I can't even. <laughs> like, <laughs> Halloween and Christmas are my two favorite things, so the fact that we have spooky Christmas merch is just like everything that I've ever It's needed. awesome, and it's yeah. only for a limited time. Very so limited, yes. as soon as the holidays are over, it's not. It's going to go away, and it's not going to come back until next year. Um, we have short sleeve and long sleeve shirts. Uh, one of them is the Ghost Encounters logo wrapped in Christmas lights. Uh, another one is three dancing spooky skeletons with Santa hats on. It says hashtag stay spooky. Spooky dancing skeletons. And the other one, which is my favorite, (laughs) is the uh, Ouija board piece that has Christmas stuff on it, and it says summon the holiday spirit. I love that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one's really good. I like that one, too. I need to wear that one next to my coaster that is, um, uh, it's a pentacle star, and it says summon the spirits. But then each star point has a different type of alcohol next to it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. But this stuff, if you know, if you know, if something you want to add to your list, or you know someone else who listens, this would make great Christmas and holiday gifts for people. Um, order it soon because so you can have it in time to wrap it and give it as pre- presents and all that. So I have our end of the year stats from Spotify. Spotify, Spotify wrapped. Yes. So they gave me the stats for 2022. Uh, our podcast was heard in 49 countries. Holy crap! The top five were the United States, Ireland, Australia. Canada, and United Kingdom. All right. Oh, cool. We also created 910 minutes of new content, Damn. which is more than 96% than other creators in our category. Heck yeah. So we're in the top 96% for minutes created in our category. That's I thought that was awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, our Spotify score is 4.6. I hope that goes to a five star. So As if you're it listening, should. please give us five stars on Spotify. Ghost Encounters Podcast is in the top 20% of most shared globally. Hell that yeah! Means people who are sharing the podcast are most mostly it's via text, which I thought was uh, pretty surprising. Interesting. Um, I didn't even know you could do that. I don't know shit about Spotify. You can hit the share button and you can share it to someone, like write to a message or something like oh, that. Oh, that's or, so yeah. y'all are really sharing us. Okay. They are. Well, um, thank you for that. Yes. And we are in the top 10% of most followed podcasts. Yay. How yeah. awesome is that? So this cool. year, our gain was absolutely insane. So it doesn't even, it can't even go to this number. All the stuff just says 999% plus. So we gained well over a thousand of our stats for listens and follows and plays and all that just this year. That's incredible. So we couldn't have done it without Thank all you listeners. Yes. Thank you for listening and sharing and doing all that. Um, I was really excited when I saw these stats. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And I'm really yes. excited when we see what's going to happen for 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on listening. With that said, um, we obviously have a lot of listeners, a lot of dedicated listeners. So yes. if anyone's listening and wants uh, sponsorship on the podcast, please email me, message me, let me know. You get a nice commercial on the podcast. We can uh, figure it out. Most people do a whole year uh, for their ad to be on the podcast. Just let me know. This episode, since last episode we did Cursed Movies, uh, we're going to go to an older medium, and we are doing Haunted Theaters. People have gone to the theater for all kinds of thrills, suspense, romance, and unexpected plot twists. Maybe it's just because the buildings are old and creepy. Maybe it's because we expect our emotions to get cranked to the max when we walk into a performance space. But these theaters that we're about to talk about all come with a few permanent performers or attendees. The first one I'm going to talk about is Palace Theater. There's one in New York and one in Los Angeles. Obviously different owners, just the same name. So I'm going to talk about both. Let's start with New York. The sightings of spirits, ghosts, and ghouls are common occurrences in New York City buildings, and one such haunted spot is Times Square's Palace Theater. It's said to be home to a variety of ghosts, both friendly and frightening, many of whom once graced its legendary stage. 
Located at Broadway at West 47th Street, the theater was built in 1913 by Milwaukee-based architecture firm of Kirchhoff and Rose. They were somewhat limited to their design potential, thanks to the fact that the theater was uh, located within a 10-story office building and surrounded by existing buildings on each side. They designed a three-level auditorium with 16 parquet-style boxes arranged along the walls towards the stage, under a graceful arch forming a stylized sunburst above on either side. Designed in the neoclassical style, the building featured moldings of such fruit festoons, uh, bead and reel to outline the panels to which the walls and ceilings were divided. From 1913 through 1929, the palace would become known as the world's foremost vaudeville stage, hosting well-known headliners of the time. Vaudeville is a type of entertainment popular uh, in the U.S. in the early 20th century, featuring a mixture of uh, specialty acts such as burlesque comedy, song and dance. Uh, it would also attract performers like Sarah Bernhardt, Bob Hope, Mae West, uh, Fred Astaire, Bing Crosby. This lent credence to the famous adage of the time, to play the palace signified that you finally have made it in show business. Do you want to know a funny fact about the palace? What? The last show to play at the Palace Theater was SpongeBob the Musical. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. They played Fred. the Palace. <laughs> SpongeBob made it. <laughs> Listen, that musical deserved better. That's all I gotta say. But alas, this didn't last long. Around the time of the Great Depression, the public became uh, disinterested in vaudeville, seeking entertainment through new mediums of radio and film. As a result, the theater converted to a cinema and was renamed the RKO Palace in 1932. The palace would still stage sporadic other plays and shows throughout the decades, including the few last attempts to bring vaudeville back to the stage. It also attracted very famous stars like Frank Sinatra, Danny Kaye, Harry Belfont, and Judy Garland, the queen. whose final New York performances happened at the theater in 1967. Obviously, this very old theater is going to come with some hauntings, right? Although it had disappeared from the palace stage, a certain vaudeville presence was reportedly still felt in decades to come. According to Playbill, more than 100 ghosts are said to haunt the palace. Among these ghosts include a white-gowned cellist who plays in the pit. Her last performance was an old play of Beauty and the Beast. A sad little girl who looks down from the balcony can also be seen. A man in a brown suit who walks quickly past open office doors late at night and a boy who rolls trucks on the landing behind the mezzanine. It is also said that Judy Garland herself haunts the theater, and her presence is felt near a door that was built especially for her in the rear of the orchestra. In the 1950s, a top-notch acrobat high-wire team, the Four Casting Pearls, they were named, had a gig performing there on stage. Unfortunately, a tragedy happened when tightrope walker acrobat Louis Barcelano, who was performing without a net, fell to his death to the floor below. Oh, God. Yep. Imagine seeing that on stage. No. Oh, that's terrible. When it's quiet and the theater is empty, the apparition of Louis Barcelano has been seen performing on the dress circle rim, i.e. swinging from the rafters. <laughs> then the witness of this apparition hears scream as they see his apparition falling to his demise. This restless entity of Louis Barcelona is still ashamed and embarrassed because he fell in such a grand, famous theater and is still trying to get it right, but is doomed to fail and his apparition falls every time. I don't, I don't want him to keep falling. Can yeah. just like move on? <clears throat> he can't. He's stuck. I don't want him to be stuck. Whether he fell from swinging or from the tightrope is up for debate. Um, there's no real record of it because some people say they also see him walking the tightrope. Um, from house left box up to the mezzanine. Interesting. Um, but they always see this apparition high up in the air. They Come hear a scream, down. and the apparition comes falling down to the ground. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's awful. Imagine reliving that no. every single day. You're that ashamed and embarrassed that your spirit is but living on, trying to get it right, but it can't. Is that like considered a residual haunting more than like That would be a residual haunting, correct? Okay. It keeps happening yes. over and over again. It's just again. the same thing over and over and over again. Oh. Yeah. His spirit is just latched onto this building because of how upset he was with his, with himself. Probably that thought was entering his head as he was falling. That's so sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Now let's talk about the Palace Theater in Los Angeles. Although this theater is probably best known as the one Michael Jackson danced in front of in the Thriller video, this movie palace has the distinction of being the oldest movie theater in Los Angeles. Just like the Palace Theater in New York, it also was a vaudeville theater before turning into a movie theater. 
Also because of this earlier life predating cinemas, it also has a dark secret. It is one of the few buildings still standing that had a segregated balcony, uh, later transformed to a third-class balcony for the poor, uh, with its own separate entrance from the side alley, making it impossible for someone in that balcony to mingle with anyone else in that theater. Ugh. Yeah, that's a really gross, dark um, information about that theater, but that was the time back then, unfortunately. Now, obviously, this theater also has some hauntings. Needless to say, that ominous third balcony is one of the spiritual hotspots of this very haunted theater. People, while standing on stage, have seen figures in the darkness standing in or walking about the third balcony when the only door to that level is locked. Additionally, witnesses have claimed to see a woman on stage walking from center stage to the wings, stage right, and disappearing once backstage. She is said to be dressed in a white, very lacy gown. Her identity is unknown, but she is believed to be a performer from the days of the vaudeville circuit. It is also interesting to note that the cremated remains of two adults and one child were found in a box in the basement level no. of the theater. No. Who these people <laughs> were, their connection to the theater, or why their ashes were placed there is still a mystery. I rebuke it. I have a quote about this from someone who worked there. The quote says, I worked at the palace for about three years back in 2000. Oh, this was recent? Yes. I was one of the guys that found those three ashes were in a small room full of tools. The ghost stories are all real. Customers used to see them, and they will always come to us and tell us that there was this little girl going down to the restrooms. I used to go and check and didn't see anyone. It was scary, but it was real. Ashes were located in the basement. The janitor ended up in the hospital for 30 days. Ambulance had to pick him up after he saw and heard something in the basement. Lots of stories of this legendary theater. Oh my god. Yeah. How about that? Work, just working at a theater and you just find ashes of people. Uh-uh. I'd be freaked out. Well, why are there ashes in a theater? Yeah, I don't know. Creepy. I don't like it. That's right? weird. Jordan, what was the first theater that you looked up? So I looked up the Dock Street Theater in um, South Carolina. So I was actually in Charleston. That's right. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And me and my sisters were down kind of by Rainbow Row. We were just walking around forever. It felt like a mile. <laughs> I don't know what ridiculous. Rainbow Row is, but I feel like I need to go there. Yeah, Same. it's It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Um, but anyway, we were down on like Queen Street, just like walking around and checking out. We walked right by this place and it's eerie. Wow, it's like, cool. you know, creepy and everything like that. So I decided that it would probably be a good one to do since awesome. I was just there. Yay, yeah, you tell just us saw more. it. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So the original Dock Street Theater had its grand opening in 1736 and was the first theater in America. Wow. Which is like well known. Apparently everybody knows that. I didn't know I that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And it's still standing, which is super cool. Wow. I mean, it was rebuilt and everything like that. But unfortunately, the Great Fire of 1740 destroyed most of the historic buildings in Charleston along with the Dock Street Theater. In 1809, the Planters Hotel was constructed on the same exact site as the Dock Street Theater was. It was named after the Planters family, who stayed over at the hotel each year during horse racing season. After the American Civil War, the hotel fell into disrepair. The 1886 earthquake caused major damage to the building, and it was left abandoned for almost 50 years. I feel bad for this place. Oh, wow. It just That's felt like shaking about. Fires, earthquake. <laughs> Can't geez. catch a break. Yeah. During the Great Depression, the building became a Works Progress Administration project to create jobs for the people of Charleston. During that time, the former hotel created the basis for the new theater and brought back its original name, the Dock Street Theater. The new Dock Street Theater was opened November 26, 1937. It has been successful ever since. Good. And in 2010, the theater had a major renovation. I think it was like a couple years. I don't know if that's true, but I think it lasted like up to three years mm -hmm. okay. of renovating. People who work at the theater claim the ghostly phenomena has increased ever since. Many visitors also claim to have seen, felt, or smelled something. Ooh, I don't Ooh. like smells. Yeah. That's Weird. interesting. Yeah, because usually when you start renovating places, they kind of get a little pissed. Yeah, yeah they're like, what do you think like, you're doing? Like, stirs up activity. Yeah, I know that that's like a common yeah. thing for hauntings. Um, so, the ghosts of Dock Street. Dock Street Theater is reportedly to be the most haunted location in Charleston. Which I didn't know. Really? Because I... They didn't say it on your... They didn't say it on my... haunted tour that my sucked. My super that awesome tour that sucked ass. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't I hope they mention, don't listen to this. I hope they do. I hope they do too. They didn't mention the most haunted place in Charleston. They knew I was pissed this stupid thing. Yeah. They didn't even tell us about ghosts. Really? Yeah, it was really dumb. That was a history lesson. Yeah. Oh, God. So the Dock Street Theater is haunted by at least three ghosts. Um, the first of which being 
Junius Booth, the Ooh. second being a lady in white. Wait, that name, Junius, is so fun, but I also I have to question the last name. I know, just wait. Oh, no. <laughs> and the third ghost is that of a prostitute named Nettie. Hmm. So Junius Booth was an English stage actor who used to perform at the hotel with his theater group. Junius Booth was a father of two actors named Edwin and John Wilkes Booth. Oh my, oh my god. god. Yep. Wait, this is funny because I looked ahead. What's the theater you're doing, Kayla? I'm doing Ford's Theater where Abraham Lincoln connection. was assassinated by John know. Wilkes Booth. Weird I did connection. Not know. Yeah, we had no idea about this. I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, he was the man that killed President Lincoln. But anyway, <laughs> Junius Booth was a hothead, and apparently he attacked the hotel's manager and almost killed the guy. So he wow, so like doesn't fall like far free, fall from the... Yes, yes, thank you, Justin. You know what I was trying <laughs> yeah. to say there. But the weird thing is, is that he did not die at the hotel, nor was he even in Charleston when he died. I think he was in... I think he died in, like, Kentucky or something. Okay. Oh, um, chicken took him out. <laughs> but people are still convinced that it's his ghost that haunts the theater. Wow, that's cool. So it is believed that he loved to perform on the hotel stage so much that he just couldn't let it go. Um, he has been seen on the stage, and apparently it's reported that he breathes down people's necks and mm -mm. even touches them. Ooh, Ew. I, just got the, I just got the chills. Wow. Yeah. Ew. I don't want him anywhere near me. So next is the lady in white. Um, there's not much known about this said ghost. Um, she sometimes manifests herself to people in the theater. Maybe um, she was an actress. Possibly she worked at the hotel. Nobody mm -hmm. really knows. But there's another lady spirit that haunts the theater whose identity is very well known. So that leads us to our last ghost named Nettie Dickerson. What a last name I was for just, a prostitute. Do you yeah. see me like stop and just <laughs> stare at you guys? I'm like... Um, it took me a minute to piece that together. Yeah. So <laughs> she's the most popular ghost at the Dock Street Theater. She was a 25-year-old country girl looking for love and excitement in the big city. Oh, poor girl. Yeah. Char it's, it's really sad what's about to happen. Charleston was considered a high-class neighborhood, so she thought she could have an opportunity for a better life there. Nettie was a beautiful young woman, but considered too old for marriage. Well, at, at 25? At 25! Oh, this is a different time. Yeah, yeah. Too, too old for marriage seems weird, but like... At this time, wealthy men were looking for teenage wives, not 25-year-old wives. Yeah. Gross. Back then, it was also very uncommon to marry beneath one's class. Basically, she didn't stand a chance of finding love in the city. <laughs> Poor thing. Damn. She realized she needed a job and ended up working as a clerk at the local St. Philip's Church, which is another haunted location. Oh, Interesting. Wow. I okay. actually did go to this one. Did you? Yeah, which was really cool. Little side note. Um, when we were there, they actually have a plaque there because it got so much attention because they have like this quote unquote picture of this ghost over uh -huh. one of the gravestones. You can okay. look it up on your That's phone. Cool. Um, but they actually have a plaque that says the only ghost that haunts this church is the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, <laughs> so they like really don't want anything to do with yeah. ghosts That's there. funny. So anyway, she did a great job and the priest was very confident in her, but somehow Nettie didn't feel like she belonged there. Nettie decided that she needed a new challenge, and if she couldn't get genuine love, then she needed to seek it in other ways. She withdrew all of her money and bought the most expensive red dress she could find at an upscale store Ooh, in Charleston. red dress. Red. Scandalous. All right, Joe Jonas. <laughs> she... <laughs> you just got that. Oh shit, where was I? She red got a dress. red dress. Where the fuck is the red dress? Here we go. Oh. She later entered the planner's hotel in her new dress and started seducing men. Oh, look at that. Yeah, what a 360. Oh. <laughs> you were in a church and now you're yes. pouring yourself out. The hotel turned a blind eye when it came to prostitutes and Nettie became very successful. She did continue to go to church each Sunday, but her new profession didn't stay unnoted for long. The wives of her customers gave her ugly looks when she was in church. Well, that's obvious. Yeah. Like, you yeah, knew right. that that was going to yeah, happen. I mean, they know that their husbands are whoring around. Yeah. Yes. She decided to confront them, and this back completely backfired on her. Her clients didn't want to lose their wives, so Nettie started losing customers, and it didn't take long before she was penniless. So she went flat broke, that sucks. which really sucks. <sighs> Poor girl. Nettie snapped at the hotel, <laughs> poor thing, after another customer rejected her. She went out on the second floor balcony of the hotel, even though there was this terrible thunderstorm outside, which we already know where this is going. Once she was outside, she shouted remarks to the Charleston Society, basically hating on them, calling right. them all names and whatever. 
The priest, which was her former boss, tried to reason with her since he still had a soft spot for Nettie. The story goes that she shouted, you cannot save me at the priest and then was struck by lightning and fell off the balcony Holy and was killed instantly. What? I swear I didn't know that Why? the lightning was involved. Listen, you had how many lightning stories in the last podcast episode, and now you have more accounts of people being struck by lightning. I had no idea when I was the like, damn doing, lightning. When I was doing this research, I was like, "Is this like an omen? Like, am I gonna get struck next?" I feel like I can't be around you during any kind of storm. <laughs> but that's crazy. She's literally yelling, "You can't, you cannot save me!" And she gets struck by lightning yeah. and falls off the balcony. Yeah. It's insane. So Nettie still haunts the theater in her red dress to this day. It is said that the strike of thunder made her lose her beauty in the afterlife. Aww, so her zombie-like appearance scares many visitors. Some theater employees say that they see her every day and have gotten used to her looks and empathize with the poor woman for not finding what she wanted in her life. Yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. So during my research, I found something that reminded me of what Justin spoke about previously in one of our other episodes. What's that? So it is reported that when people see her, that she is slightly under the floor as if she's cut off at the knee. Because no. the floors were on different levels. The renovations that were done in 1936 what? state that the second floor was raised 12 inches. See? So Nettie is unaware of the structural change and appears to still be walking on the original See flooring. How, and how is a skeptic going to deny that? People, everyone's seeing the same thing. They're seeing an apparition being places. cut off yeah. at the knee, which is roughly 12 inches. That's yeah. so weird. Because she's still walking on the floors that were there when she was alive. Yeah. So do they not see the new floor? No. It's more of a residual are, haunting. Yeah. They're just kind of walking the same path and doing what okay. they did. And they're just walking on the floor that they walked on. Yeah. But that is the Dock Street Theater. That's awesome. Yeah. That was really That was really cool. Yeah. So, Kayla. Well, well, let's well. Let's get to Ford's Theater. <laughs> All right. So, Ford's Theater. I have a little bit of an American history theme going on with yes, uh, today's choices, as you'll see with my next theater as well. Um, but I did choose Ford's Theater, which opened in August of 1863, and it is most infamously known as the place where President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Right. I still think it's so fucking weird that I... I can't believe you I chose that. I had no that. idea. Because when we have a topic, we then decide ourselves what place we're going to do. Yep. Right? Yeah. And then we'll Like, we all have access to each other's notes, but we typically right. don't read them. Right, and yeah. everyone's doing the research at different yeah. times when the, when they're writing on the doc. Um, but, and you probably... Did you know that John Wilkes Booth had a connection to your theater? No, like, no. See what I mean? Like, just like the just, lightning thing, so I had weird. no Huge idea. Coincidence. So it's I crazy. knew that this place was super haunted and everything like that. But when you when I did like the knit and grit of everything, I'm like, this is fucking weird now. Yeah, that's super weird. Prior to opening its doors to theater attendees, the building was used as a meeting house for the First Baptist Church of Washington in mm. 1833. However, the structure was eventually torn down and rebuilt to become what is now known as Ford's Theater. Okay. Um, on April 14th, 1865, Abraham Lincoln and his wife attended a performance of Our American Cousin. As we all now know, Mr. John Wilkes Booth made his way um, to the presidential box and shot Lincoln. Lincoln did not die in the theater, though. Across he the street, right? did die across the street um, where he was transported to the Peterson House, which is now a museum, much like the Ford's Theater is. Um, and he, he ended up dying the following morning. Later on in 1893, the floor of the front section of the theater actually collapsed randomly. Oh my God. Um, they believe that like a support pillar was compromised somehow, but they genuinely do not know how. Um, at the time, the building was being used as a clerk's office. Um, and there were 22 people that died when the wow. floor gave out and there were additional 68 injuries, Holy which crap. led to multiple people believing that this church turned theater, turned murder site, turned clerk's office had actually been cursed all along. Well, it sounds like it. Yeah. There isn't too much of like ghosts that have been seen in the theater other than the prominent, um, Abraham Lincoln. Right. Um, which they still also, the only thing that people say really is him is they see the hat. Mm -hmm. um, 
the right. shadow of the hat. Right. Um, but other people have said some other things. So according to historians, Lincoln had a hunch that he was actually going to be assassinated prior to the day of the show. Um, he even told a friend about a dream that he had where he was in the White House and noticed he was surrounded by like just a very dark, dreary scene of the White House. It just okay. didn't seem right. And in the dream, he allegedly asked um, this sad person walking by him what she was so upset about, and her response was the president, um, alluding to the Weird. fact that the president was dead right. in his own dream. So basically so, he had like a fucking premonition? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's crazy. He really, really had this like gut feeling that something was going to happen and it was going to cause his death. Um, and I just think that's really interesting if the place is cursed, had he previously been to the theater, had something latched onto him, like that's kind of something I would question. Um, and maybe that's why he was shot. I mean, obviously John Wilkes Booth had his own reasons, but mm -hmm. who knows? Um, and like I said, while there haven't been too many like actual ghostly sightings, there have been a whole bunch of people reporting that they feel very, very intensely cold spots throughout the theater. Um, that is the main thing people report is mm -hmm. just that the temperature in the theater is very spotty, which we all know if you have a heater or a radiator in a room, it's not going to be freezing in one spot and then like right. really warm a yeah. foot over. So. Yeah, a lot that's, of times when there's spirits roaming about, they will bring along this just coldness. And exactly. And kind of feel that. Yeah. And that's really, like, the main thing that people um, report while they're at the theater. It is now, um, I believe it's preserved to be, like, a museum type of situation now. And the Peterson House is a museum um, that you can go and tour. On top of the very cold spots throughout the theater, there have also been a few shadowy figures that people have report seeing. Um, and these shadowy figures are said to be wearing the signature Abraham Lincoln hat. Uh. Um, so that is where people think that they do see Abe Lincoln's ghost. I am willing to believe that if he would haunt anywhere, it would be the place that he was shot. Yeah. Especially yeah. since right. he never got to see the end of the damn play. Like, he probably just wanted to know oh, how it God. ended. Bad joke, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The ghost of Mary Todd Lincoln has also been seen at the theater. Witnesses claim to see her leaning over the box, pointing to the platform to warn everyone of the potential for the assassination. Oh, wow. Um, and ghostly apparitions of John Wilkes Booth sprinting across the stage have also been reported by people. If I saw him, I'd be yelling all kinds of horrible shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, many historians still to this day believe the place to be cursed as there really was no true explanation as to why this floor just gave out and there's just been tragedy upon tragedy in the same location. Right. Yeah. So that that's all I have for you on the Ford's Theater, but I just felt like I had to throw that one in here since we're going with for my theaters, next yeah. theater after this also pertaining to American history in a sense. Thought this would be a really fun one. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a brief intermission, and when we get back, I hope you're ready for Act 2 of this podcast. This episode is brought to you by The Colony Meadery. If you haven't tried mead yet, it's alcohol made from honey, and it's the fastest-growing alcoholic beverage in the United States. It's all-natural, totally gluten-free, and delicious. And one of the best meaderies in the world is right here in the Lehigh Valley. The Colony Meadery has two locations, 905 Harrison Street in Allentown and 211 East 3rd Street in the heart of Bethlehem Southside. Stop in and try a flight of meads, grab some bottles or cans to go, and experience some of the best booze in the world. They've got flavors ranging from tart and quaffable lemon laws and Wu-Tang Cran to cinnamon vanilla series of tubes and even the sweet heat of their mango habanero. Learn more at either location or at colonymeadery.com. Ghost Encounters podcast and show is sponsored by Phoenix Fire Media. Bring the heat to your online presence with their expert social media marketing, photography, and video productions. Visit phoenixfiremedia.com. If all you spooky people are enjoying the Ghost Encounters podcast, hit subscribe and give us five stars. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ghost Encounters PA. To watch full episodes of the Ghost Encounters show, visit ghost-encounters.com. The Spooky Shop is now open for Ghost Encounters merch. Visit ghost-encounters.com and click on Spooky Shop. Oh, 
Okay, the lights are flickering, so that means we are back to get this show started again. The next theater that I talked about actually goes down in history quite a bit because because of what happened to this theater. Okay. There are now new fire codes and things oh, like cool. that. Oh, cool. Really? Right. Yes. So oh. the original theater awesome. was called the Iroquois Theater. It is now called the Ford Center for the Performing Arts Oriental Theater. It's in Chicago, Illinois. But... Uh, the Iroquois Theater in Chicago was uh, completed in November of 1903. The opening night play starred Eddie Foy in a musical called Mr. Bluebeard. Attendance was poor at the play until an afternoon matinee on December 30th, when the house was not only packed to its capacity of 1,600 people, wow. but was overflowing into aisles <gasps> with 2,000 patrons, most of whom were women and children. Yeah, that is a fire code violation. That's <laughs> terrible. But they actually advertised this place as being absolutely fireproof, despite, of course, Chicago Fire Department captain, who had previously noted on a tour of the building that there were no extinguishers, sprinklers, <laughs> alarms, telephones, or water connections. It's fireproof <laughs> as long as it doesn't catch fire. Yeah. And then, and then you get a couple years later, the Titanic, that doesn't follow right. any of the their unsinkable. codes. And then the unsinkable. It doesn't follow codes. Oh exactly. Oh, gosh. Um, the captain reported his findings to the fire warden, and his commanding officer, who both told him that nothing could be done. Of course not. During a dance number in the second act, a muslin curtain was ignited by an arc light shorting out. The stagehands were unable to quench the fire, uh, which spread high above the stage, oh, igniting God. you know painted scenery flats, all kinds of stuff. When the ignited asbestos curtain <laughs> was lowered, it not only got caught up, but was later determined to be compromised of mostly uh, wood oh. pulp, which would have oh you know, rendered it completely useless. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't mean to laugh, but Jesus. Like um, Then a huge fireball was formed when someone opened a huge door, allowing a blast of cold air into the building, and the fireball was unable to escape through vents, which had been nailed shut oh and my. passed out into the audience. Why would you nail the vents shut? I have no idea. <laughs> um, although Foy was heroic in his efforts to calm the audience, over 600 people died that oh my afternoon. Gosh. Mostly mothers, school children. Yeah, they're um, the ones that could The get panicked out. audience efforts to exit the building were halted by hidden fire exits, yeah. uh, unfamiliar locking mechanisms, false doors, locked gates and doors opening inwards, becoming jammed as the crowd pushed yeah. forward so people couldn't oh, wow. open the doors to get out. Iron gates barring the stairways to the upper levels prevented many of the patrons from escaping, and the largest amount of charred bodies were found on these staircases, most of which were trampled, crushed, or asphyxiated. You can imagine this, this crowd of people rushing to get out of this burning building and everyone was just trampling over each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's like Astral World. Uh... But many people jumped and fell from fire escapes that had not been finished. What? Yep, they had to jump and leap and how was there no means to finish like, a fire escape? I mean, I don't understand. Like, yeah. why did they like? They were like, oh, there's nothing we could do about these codes. But here they are. Like, things aren't finished. Things aren't prepared. Yeah. Um, when firefighters arrived on the eerily quiet scene, they had difficulty entering the building because of all the piled up bodies, <laughs> seven feet high, against oh the doors. My. Wow. Um, by the time they got inside, the fire had consumed everything it could. Um, at that point, it wasn't that difficult to, you know, put out, put out the fire. Wow. Yeah. Um, they ended up carrying hundreds and hundreds of charred bodies in the back alley. And it took a great deal of time, and the alley was dubbed Death Alley. Oh, God. Shooting. An investigation was conducted, and a major cover-up by the city officials, of course. Oh, and the fire course. department was yeah. discovered. Um Several individuals were indicted, including the theater owners, fire officials, Good. and even the mayor. Good. Hell yeah. It was suspected that fire inspectors had accepted uh, bribes for free tickets Makes sense. to overlook the code violations. And uh, unfortunately, most charges were eventually dropped. Oh, well, that's bullshit. Um, because of the devastating fire, several public building fire codes were changed in the United States. Uh, the fire remains the single deadliest uh, single building fire in terms of loss of life in American history, and the single deadliest theater fire in the world. Holy crap. Yeah, 600 people. That's a lot That's of people. That's a lot. Yeah. The building that housed the theater was repaired and reopened several times before uh, raised and reopening as the Oriental Theater in 1926. 
as I said, today the theater is known as the Ford Center for the Performing Arts Oriental Theater. Now, with this great tragedy, of course, has a haunting. Since the fire, it is said that many spirits are still lingering. If you walk in Death Alley, you may notice a chilly breeze even on the warmest of days. You may even hear someone whisper your name when you enter the alley. Some people report the feeling of hands on their shoulders. These hands are nowhere to be seen and no one is around when the person is feeling them touched. Ghost-like images have even been taken in this alley and uh, photographs in the theater have contained shadow people. Oh, that's crazy. That's eerie. Cast and crew reports that while they were rehearsing on stage, they will look up to the balcony and see shadowy figures move around. People also report seeing apparitions of strangers on the back stairs wearing period, uh, wearing that time period um, winter clothing okay. um, from that century. Wow. Remember, that was back in December. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one December 30th, the anniversary of the fire, uh, Anna, uh, an actress, has a paranormal experience during her performance at the theater at the end of Act 1. Her character, the witch Elphaba, is learning to fly, and she flies up high into the air, and she would look out to the sides and see people in the wings. She said that there were a lot of stagehands on the production, but this was way more people than there should have been. And she said, um, you know, it kind of looked like family gatherings of people, but when she landed, there's no one there. No, oh, wow. I don't like it. Uh, after the show, um, she's walking down a long deserted hallway to her dressing room, um, and she hears children crying. A moment later, she sees a woman and two children standing at the end of a hallway dressed in, like I said, winter period clothing. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. The family appears to be calm and collected, but out of place. Um, the mother especially exudes pure sadness. Anna nods to the woman, who nods back, and then they turn a corner and disappear. Anna has no doubt that this family perished in the fire of 1903. She said that Wicked is a play for families and children, and it stands to reason that the ghosts of mothers and children would be enjoying them nightly. Yep. Yeah, Wicked's such a good play. So good. That was the that first That is the story of the Iroquois Theater. That's crazy. Jordan, you looked up a theater that I have never heard of. So I looked up the Princess Theater. I heard it on a bunch of... I listen to haunted podcasts all day. So I heard about this theater a little while ago. It is a 1,452-seat theater in Melbourne, Australia. It was established in 1854 and rebuilt in 1886 to design... Um, like it, They wanted it to be this like awesome Second Empire-style like okay. beautiful right. theater. Um, so it reflects the opulence of marvelous Melbourne. So, like, they wanted it to be, like, pristine. Like, only the, like, richest people could come and all right. that stuff. of course. So, they had a number of innovative uh, features, including state-of-the-art electric stage lighting and the world's first sliding ceiling, which rolled wow. back okay. on warm nights to give the effect of, like, an open-air theater. Wow. So, well, here we have a connection again to the Titanic. Of course, the motor Titanic, they wanted to have yeah. this they grand appearance. Grand. It was yeah. the first ocean yeah. liner, have a pool and Yeah, and exactly. So the Princess Theater was the first theater to um, actually play the Phantom of the Opera, which they're now closing the show, so you can't even see Phantom of the Opera anymore. So I decided to add that tidbit in. Oh, wow. Because we're going to talk about a ghost coming up. Ooh. I love that play. I know. Such a good one. So um, the Phantom of the Opera proved to be so successful, it became the longest-running yes, play ever shown in Victoria. So what's eerie is that this particular theater has a phantom of its own. Oh, cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Frederick Baker was a British-Italian actor born in Florence, Italy, and had, like, this amazing baritone voice. Everywhere mm. that you read about this guy, they all talk about his freaking voice. And um, he was actually nicknamed Frederici. I think that's okay. how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, so that was actually his stage name. And after a year of living in Australia, he performed in an opera named Faust. So in this opera... Dr. Faustus feels that he has wasted his life and so sells his soul to the devil named Mephistopheles in order to make him young again. Baker was to play the part of Mephistopheles, and it is said that before he went on to stage that night, his quote, his direct quote was, I will give a fine performance tonight, but it will kill me. Ugh. Super eerie. Oh, let me, let me guess. No. He dies. Oh. <laughs> he becomes our phantom. Oh my God. So That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> During the finale of the opera in which Mephistopheles descends back to hell, taking um, with him the unlucky Dr. Faustus, 
Uh, Baker would be lowered in, like, through the stage by a trapdoor mm-hmm. into the basement below. And as this happened, it's presumed that uh, Federici was overwhelmed or something in the play and suffered a heart attack. Um, wow. And he was dead by the time that he got to the bottom of the cellar. Oh so basically, God. he instantly <gasps> died yeah. when he was going down. Okay? After the play had finished, the director told the rest of the cast what had happened, and the cast was confused by this since they saw Frederici bow to the audience along with the rest of them on stage. Holy shit. So they thought that he was still alive because they saw him on stage. So after the play had finished, the director told the rest of the cast what had happened to him. Um, and the cast was confused by this since they had just seen Frederici bow to the audience along with the rest of them <gasps> on stage. Oh my god. So they saw him on they stage. They literally see him yes. bow. But he's dead. <laughs> That's god. crazy. So instant the, death and yeah. instant spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the ghost of Frederick um, Baker is reportedly seen in the Princess Theater, especially when a play is being taken place. He can also be seen in dressing rooms wearing more than one outfit, so it's like he's like changing for the play. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he may even stare at the stage as if he's about to perform himself. With like that's like crazy. Like you're just like yeah. you still want to perform even though you definitely he have to. He dedicated his life to de- performing, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah, and he was very popular. So for many years to honor him, they left a third row seat in um, the dress circle it's known as vacant for his honor. So that was that's really awesome. cool. Yes. That so, is really sweet. Yeah, so to honor them, they did that. Tip of this theater has his own phantom. I know, because I'm so obsessed with At least he's a nice opera. phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I th- I just think it's neat that he's just, like, lingering about and, you know, likes to sit there and watch the play and everything yeah. like that. So, yeah. But the whole thing that happened and how it was so crazy that they literally saw him at, like, the bow at yeah. the end of the play, just creepy. Yeah. So insane. That's awesome. That's yeah. a fantastic story. Yeah. I really like that one. Kayla, what theater did you I picked a theater that is very dear to my heart. Okay. um, That I think maybe some of our listeners will know if they're also into musical theater. Um, So I picked the Richard Rogers Theater. It's Broadway, New York. Okay. So um, Richard Rogers is currently the House of Hamilton. Um, oh, cool. Which is one of the, if not the most seen show. Wow. Um, or yeah. most sought after ticket, I should say. Um, So this theater is packed every single night. It's sold out almost every single yeah. night. Wow. Um, the interesting thing about the Richard Rogers Theater is it was constructed in the 1920s, but there are no stories of anything bad actually really happening in this building. But what has happened in this theater is um, during the 2010 run of In the Heights, which was the first musical written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who okay. wrote Hamilton, um, one of the actors, Louis Salgado, claimed to have seen a ghost of a small child just off the side of the stage during oh. his show while he was performing, um, which is just a tad bit strange. Yeah. Um, I will say, as someone who has been to this theater twice, it is... Definitely has a very, like, empty feeling to it. Okay. I don't want to say, like, a bad feeling, but I would not want to be there alone at night. Oh. Like, when everyone's filling in the auditorium and people start sitting, it's like, okay, everything's good, we're fine. But, like, I don't want to walk. The bathrooms are in the basement. Mm. I do not want to walk to the basement. And the other thing about this theater is that most of it is actually underground, which is pretty common for Broadway theaters. Um, Really? So when you walk into a theater, typically you are on like the ground level and you go to the right and you go down a whole bunch of stairs towards the orchestra. Okay. Um, and you're actually going into the, like the basement essentially. Yeah. So you're below ground level. Radio City's kind of like that where they have like their stuff down in the basement. When I went there, most the of the Broadway shows like are that. like that. Yeah. Broadway theaters are like that. Yeah. Um, I think it has something to do with like acoustics so that you say, can't hear to, like the must sound. Must something with sound. Yeah. New York I is think... very lively yes (laughs) i think that's what it is but i honestly haven't looked into it but as someone who goes to a lot of shows the doors are pretty close to you but because your seats are down lower you can't really hear what's happening next to you yeah um so it would make sense but so your orchestra is already below ground level and then you have to go down another two or three flights of stairs to get to the bathroom at that point wow so you're going really far down 
into the earth, essentially. Yeah. Um, which is just something that makes me a little uncomfortable when you find out that there is red lipstick marks that keep reappearing in the ladies' restroom. Oh, that's weird. Um, this has happened when In the Heights was on, so this was in, like, the 2010 times. Um, and they said that they did wipe the lipstick off and paint over any staining, but it would still manage to come back. That's cool. I can say I have never seen any lipstick no. staining, um, but maybe next time I go, I will yeah, have to check it out. It. I don't know if, if you I'm... find it, take a picture. I don't know if I'm planning to pay to see Hamilton again, since I've already done it twice, but... <laughs> You never know. If for some <laughs> freak reason I end up seeing Hamilton again, I will keep an eye out for the red lipstick. Other people who have performed or worked in the theater have stated that the dressing rooms tend to have some really strange sounds and things just randomly fall off of the shelves mm. constantly. Um, which, again, doesn't seem like anything here is like outwardly evil. Right. But clearly for a building in the 1920s, there's something happening. Yeah. Or a building that was built in the 1920s. And then after hours, the employees say that they hear howling sounds um, there are very, very large chandeliers that cover the whole ceiling in the theater that are, like, each individually, like, hand-beaded on wow. strings. And they've said that they've noticed the chandeliers shaking before, huh. um, which, with all those beads on those chandeliers, I can only imagine, like, how terrifying look. it would be to have a chandelier with that many moving pieces yeah. when you know the building is not moving yeah. and it's not just like one thing going here and there it's just like the whole that would just blow my mind i i mm. the doorman actually armed himself with a baseball bat on an evening because he was so upset about the fact that things were moving around um so a lot of people actually reported seeing quote-unquote redheads that were not real people apparently which I think is pretty interesting because in 1959, there was a show called Redhead oh. playing in that theater. Oh, cool. um, so I'm wondering if maybe it was like a past member who just right, really yeah. loved yeah. that show and that performance. And I'm assuming maybe was a redhead in the show. Um, employees have said that they see her, the redhead, in a box. Um, it's box B, actually, uh, which is really interesting because the last time I went to see Hamilton, we were talking about, like, how do you get a seat in the boxes? Like, I would love right. to sit in one of the boxes off on the side. Um, and now I don't know if I would want to do that. <laughs> However, go, sit, go sit in box B. <laughs> However, they do say that they see they saw her around 2 a.m. in box B. Mm. So maybe You'll she was safe. just, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Hamilton goes past, like, 11 o'clock on the evening shows. So should be good. Um, and then there was also someone that saw a man sitting in mezzanine row H, which um, I was also in that section, <laughs> which makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and there was also a cast member who has twice felt the presence of his mom, who was an actress as well. Oh, cool. Um, at times, a redhead. Oh, oh okay. So there is always the possibility that said redhead could be his mother. I kind of like the theory of it being like an actress from one of the shows. Yeah. That's just like, this is my theater, this is my <laughs> home. Like I may have passed, but I don't, I'm not ready to let go. Um, but it's interesting because all the people that have reported these redheads, the man uh, seeing someone in mezzanine row H and the employee who saw his mother they had no idea about everyone else's stories. Oh, wow. They had never talked to each other about it. So we now have two people referencing redheads. That's neat. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's just something that's super, super interesting. There's also been reports of people um, sitting in on meetings. One person said that they were sitting in on a meeting for, I believe they were working on the cast of Hamilton. Um, and they saw a door just like open wide time went by like someone walked through it and the door just slowly closed oh hell no yeah so again nothing mean everyone seems to think that all of these spirits living here are very very friendly and want nothing more than to just bask in what is broadway that's neat and i do think it's really interesting that um the musical that is currently playing there is all about deceased historians. Right. Um, Which I didn't know about until yeah, just now. <laughs> it's all about deceased historians and they see all of these deceased people throughout the theater. So wow. I think it's they're like, oh, I knew him. That's so cool. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, we are located in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania and we actually have our own haunted theater. 
Uh, the, the city of Easton has the Easton State Theater, and that place is said to be haunted. While live performances at the State Theater were in decline during the 70s, there were uh, strange sightings reported, a presence no one could account for. When the theater was empty, maintenance workers would sometimes glimpse at a man in the back of the theater, just standing or perhaps entering one of the utility closets. On a few occasions, uh, the police were actually called and found no one in the building. Hmm. Once, hairs like stood up on the necks of dogs Ooh. they had brought, and nothing was visible to the officers. No, no, no. How no. creepy is that? No. Yeah, that's weird. Several people have uh, guessed the identity of this mystery man is J. Fred Osterstock a distinguished-looking gentleman who managed the company that owned the State Theater from 1936 to 1965. Due to a flood in 1955, uh, he couldn't live in his house, so he lived actually at the theater for several weeks. He eventually died on October 20th, 1957. His spirit continues to live at the State Theater. Then in the late 70s, a historian saw someone walk off the empty stage while closing for the evening. Sometime later, he saw a photograph of Osterstock and recognized him as the man who he saw walking off stage. I hope that happens to me someday. Really? <laughs> that would be so cool to like sit there and think you saw something crazy, and then you look at a picture and you're just like, oh right. my god, that's the thing I saw. You yeah. know, that would be so cool. That would be really cool. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you it would still kind out. of freak me out. I'd still be a little apprehensive. Convinced that uh, his presence has never left, the staff named the ghost Fred. Sightings of Fred still happen to this day. In 2003, the State Theater honored Fred by naming the annual Freddy Awards after him. Oh, it's an cool. award ceremony that recognizes outstanding achievement in local high school theater. Cool. Fun fact, my stepsister Brittany won the Freddy Awards. Oh, really? Cool. Yes. For what? Uh, she Right now, she is a traveling nurse. Okay. She is up in Cape Cod. Um, but all throughout high school and through most of her life, she was very into theater. Uh, she won Outstanding Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role in 2009. Awesome! Yes. That's so cool. And so I asked her about state theater, and she told me this cool story. Um, she herself uh, never saw anything, uh, but apparently like people she knows have seen things. They've seen like uh, an apparition up in the balcony. She also said that he leaves pennies for people to find. They actually have a bar in the ballroom, and the bar top is all pennies that uh, people have claimed they have found left by Fred. Huh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I thought that was a cool uh, story about State Theater, and we have our own haunted theater right here in yeah. the Lehigh Valley. Our perfect little haunted theater. I love theater. that we have a little haunted theater. Well, moving on, it is time for our spooky fan story. Spooky fan story! I feel like we're going to need like, some kind of jingle or something. Yeah, I will figure one out, don't you worry. Or I'll just sing terribly, even though I'm a classically trained vocalist. But... Uh, so who is this one from, and where is he from? So this spooky fan story is from Adam. He is from Illinois, which I think is super cool that he listens to this podcast. That's awesome. Thanks for listening, Adam. Yes. I, thank you. Thank you. I also love the fact that his email name, like when he emailed me, like the, the subject line said, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I love that, I love so, that. so much. So me, because we had that issue that one week where like Apple podcast wasn't transferring yep. over right so like i got some emails from fans being like what's going on so i just assumed that this was him saying like what the hell happened to the podcast oh. but it was this whole story so it was really really cool when i opened up the, the email interesting so anyway I like that little story story yeah <laughs> so the fan story starts with hey guys i'm a frequent listener while i patrol the streets of my small town of braidwood illinois i hope i said braidwood right oh is he is he a police officer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Listening to our podcast as he patrols. That's so fun. That's, That's awesome. so cool. That's yeah. really cool. I read this so many times and I still can't believe that somebody in Illinois listens to our podcast. That blows my mind. <laughs> All right. So this paranormal encounter still gives me chills every time I tell it. And it truly scares me, which is hard to do given in my line of work. <laughs> I'd believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it even though I clearly did not at the time. <laughs> About five years ago, I was at home taking care of my infant daughter. My wife and I both worked night shift opposite of each other. She worked as a nurse and I as a police officer. So on this night, I was home alone with my daughter and I had to put her to bed around 9 p.m. Now, being a night shifter, I was clearly nowhere near ready to go to bed yet. I cleaned up the house and played video games for a bit. 
Then I decided to dabble in my other hobby, which is paranormal investigating. Ooh. Okay. For months, my wife was convinced something was in our house as we would constantly hear audible footsteps upstairs Mm -mm. and we were the only ones home, especially before our daughter was born. So that's neat that this has yeah. like been going on for a while yeah. for him to like be able to tell us about. I also collect historic artifacts, and among them is a lock of hair from from President Andrew Jackson. Holy shit! Ooh. That's awesome. How the heck did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> I need I need an update to I this need story. To find that on Honestly. <laughs> so my wife always joked that when she heard footsteps, oh, Andrew Jackson's walking around again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why I got the investigation bug that night, but I decided to use the spare room to conduct a spirit box session. Mm. For about 45 minutes, I sat in the room in silence and caught a few hellos, but little more than that. Clearly nothing of concern. When I was done, I put my equipment away and got sidetracked by a TV show. Then I finally decided to go to bed. I went upstairs and I laid in bed shortly after midnight. I remember texting my wife that I was going to bed and our daughter had no trouble getting to sleep. I must have fallen asleep rather quickly thereafter. Dot, dot, dot. Or did I? Uh Uh-oh. The next memory I have is waking up in my daughter's room in the rocking chair near her crib with my leg rest fully extended. Her bedroom door was closed tightly, which we never do in case she wakes up crying. I remember looking around confused and immediately on alert. Like, could you imagine your police officer sitting there and, like, you don't know what the how, you got, how there? you got there? No. Like, uh-uh. I couldn't even imagine. I checked on my daughter, who was still sound asleep. I quietly exited her room and walked into my bedroom. I looked at the bed, and it was neatly made where I had been laying sometime earlier. Mm. My phone was on the floor, and I quickly grabbed it and clicked it to see the time. 2.30 a.m. My stomach sank, and I felt a rush of adrenaline and the heart rate increase that goes with it. I quickly texted my wife and asked if she was home. She said, no, why? I asked if she came home and went back out. She said, uh, no, what sense would that make? She worked over a half hour away. I walked back into the hallway and stood there thinking, what the hell just happened? Yeah, it's mm, not really I, that's a notable thing yeah. to say. would be saying. <laughs> I would probably have ran around in circles and been like, why the fuck am I yeah. living in this house right now? I have never had that happen to me in my life, and I was 31 at the time, so it is not an issue of age or other illness. It's also never happened again since, which is nice to know. Yes, happy to hear that for you. What still rattles me to this day is that there are two and a half hours of time that I cannot account for, and I, or someone else, had physically moved me without my knowledge. Yeah, I would be freaking out. That doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, Yeah, that's scary. Just as shocking, if not more so, was the fact that my bed was made with a particular attention to detail and our eight-year-old dog was still sound asleep on her bed next to my side. She usually follows me wherever I go. Yeah. Which is weird, because dogs usually notice something. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. maybe he got up, something happened to him, sp- like, paranormally, and he got up and the dog was kind of just like, Not, uh, not my business. Because <laughs> I know my eight-year-old pit bull would just sleep. She'd be like, I'm not going with you. Hell no, I'm gonna stay on my bed. If it was dead in the night, I don't think my dog Aurora, like some, sometimes I've gotten up to go to the bathroom and she hasn't followed me, but like if I would go downstairs and start doing something or go into another room and start doing stuff, she might probably would get yeah. out of bed and see what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Hank weird. would probably sit up, but that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, like mm, my, definitely my two back. pups would come. Like, Kara yeah. and Toby would definitely follow me because they're annoying as shit. Yeah. But, like, Pasha would not. Aurora follows me everywhere. So, like, yeah. just going to go to the bathroom and coming back, <laughs> she wouldn't mind. But if I would, like, be out of bed for a significant amount of time, she would definitely see where the hell I am. Where the, where the hell I am. would just sit up and wait for me to come back in and then give me this look of, like, why did you disturb me? Like, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, she, he says that she usually follows yeah, like, him everywhere. She which, did not this time. Yeah, which is creepy. So he later says... I decided I was not going back to sleep. I texted my wife and told her what happened. She was just as freaked out as I was. She and I are divorced now, and I won't do any dabbling in the paranormal without someone else there anymore. Simply too scary and not worth the risk, especially with my children around. Nope. I hope that was entertaining for you. Stay safe and stay spooky. Oh, he said stay spooky. I know. I love that so much. Don't worry. (laughs) Thank you so much for that story. That was was really crazy. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but wow. Yeah. That was definitely a different one. Um, but as a paranormal investigator, I will say, don't try to do it by yourself. Always have someone with you. Just You never know what's going to happen. 
And then you, you know? get to see like other reactions when you're with people too, yeah, when you guys hear exactly. the same thing or experience the same thing. But anyway, Adam, thank you for that story. We really yes. appreciate it. Hope you keep listening, and I hope you give us more updates in the future. Please. Yes, let yeah. us know if anything happens, and if you maybe one day we could come out and do an investigation, all of us, at your house and see Heck what the heck's yeah. going on. <laughs> come scope out the place. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, again, please give us five stars on Spotify or wherever that you are listening to this podcast. Please hit that subscribe button. Share this with your friends and other people who may be interested in paranormal podcasts. And don't forget about the holiday merch that we have out because it's only for a limited time. Yeah. It'll be gone after the holidays and it won't come back until next year. They make great Christmas presents. Yes. We're going to get ours probably within the next couple days. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> and for everyone listening, just like Adam did, please send your spooky fan stories to ghostencounterstories at gmail.com or message us on social. Um, we will give you a nice shout out, and it's really cool to have this section of the podcast and people sharing their stories. I love hearing all these different I do kinds too. of things so that are going yeah. on, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for today. Stay spooky. Keep it creepy. And don't stand on a balcony in a lightning storm. <laughs> <laughs>